0: Hello and good morning. Today is Monday the 23rd and we are back with the Bible Reading Plan podcast. My name is Brendan McClenahan and I'm your host. Um, Yeah, welcome. Today is the first week that we are going to be reading Advent passages. So even though this week is not the first week of Advent, next week is, the way that Bible Reading Plan works is we read all of the Sunday passages the week ahead of the Sunday they'll be preached on. So that's kind of the the plan. This Sunday, this coming Sunday is the first week of Advent. And so we have four scripture passages for that Sunday. And in preparation for that Sunday, we are going to be reading four different passages: Isaiah 64, Psalm 80, 1 Corinthians 1, and Mark 13. And so this week is really going to be our, our introduction to Advent. Um, and what Advent means is it means coming. Coming meaning Jesus came. At Christmas, he came as a baby into our world, and Advent celebrates his coming. But Advent also celebrates the coming, the second coming of Jesus. He promises that just like he left, he's going to return one day, and he's going to bring the kingdom of God in full force, and he's going to establish God's kingdom on the earth. And we use Advent as a regular time of the year to prepare our hearts. For that, and to make sure that we are ready for when Jesus comes. And so, you're going to see some of those themes this week as we um, begin to read our Bible readings um, Monday through Thursday. So, just be paying attention to that. Um, Also, I want you guys to know that there is an Advent devotion guide that you can get at victorypoint.org. It's our homepage. You just look at our homepage, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see a picture of the book. It's called Keep Watch. It's like a, wish I could show you in the podcast, but it's like a starry cover. Someone watching the stars, like they're watching out for something. And in the book, it has all of our Advent readings, all the Bible reading plan readings written out for you in long form, the full texts from it. And then after each passage, it has questions for you to reflect on. So it starts, you know, today is the first first day that that um that we're reading it and so you can go order a free copy of it it's a printed printed book you can order a free copy on our website enter your name and information and shipping address and it should be on your front doorstep in like three days from when you order it two or three days so um go ahead and go to our our website and get yourself a copy if you want a second copy you can order one like for your spouse just fill out the form again, for your spouse, and that's kind of how we'll work it out. We're hoping that each family can have one copy, but if you guys want two, that's, that's fine, or three. Just order one for each person, and we'll make sure that, um, that we can get you a copy. With that, I just want to welcome our guest, um, Luis Zavala, who is um, a member of Victory Point. Luis, do you want to introduce
1: yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Luis Zavala. I've been at Victory Point since off um, one day, uh, my wife just uh, decided to take me there. I was not a Christian until then. Um, for a long time, I just did my own thing. Um, and I feel like I did not belong to church. So I went there, and um, Dave hands gave me a hug when I got there. So that changed everything. <laughs> I, he feel really welcome after that. Wow. Coming back every Sunday. since then.
0: I didn't know that story. So Dave Hans, the first one to give you a, just welcome you with a big old hug. Oh,
1: yeah. He still does every time that he sees me.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So uh, how long ago was that, you said? 2005. 2005. So you've been here for 15 years. Yes. That's, that's quite a long time. And uh, what, what have you noticed at Victory Point over the last, 15 years.
1: One thing that kept my eye, my attention, was the um, victory points pretty much welcomes everybody Can mm. give you the opportunity to grow to do things that different churches outside don't really do. And that's one thing that you can wear the clothes that you like and nobody judge you about anything.
0: Mm. And that's really nice. And you get hugs from Dave Hahn.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) That's great. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Luis. So, what we're going to do is we are going to read today's passage, which is Isaiah 64, verses one through nine. And then, Luis, I would love to hear what is sticking out to you about the passage. Um, If there's something that you really love about it, um, that's great. Also, if there's something that, you know, you're bothered by, that's fine too. Um, If there's something you have a question about, there's no wrong answers. So I would love to just hear what your insights are or questions or troubles about the passage, and then we'll just talk about it. Does that sound good? All right, great. I'm going to, I'll go ahead and read this passage and then I'd love to hear your thoughts. Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived. No eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. So, Luis, when you hear that passage, is there any part of it that really grabs your attention
1: yes one thing that grabs my attention is uh, when it says that um it's going to come down the mountains going to tremble before him uh, i don't know what that really means but i think is uh soon as he comes down everybody's gonna pretty much um, be afraid of him, mm. because this shows me like he might destroy everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it might be a good thing that he uh does things different right way. Yeah.
0: Um, that's that's something that I think is really interesting, that, that image of mountains trembling or fire kindling brushwood and the fire causes water to boil. You know, like um, when you put a pot over a fire and the water starts trembling and, you know, shaking and bubbling, that that's what it's going to be like when God returns. Um, and that's kind of what... Isaiah wants God to be like too, it seems like. He's asking God to come down like that and to make the name nations tremble at his presence. But you're saying it sounds like there's two things going on. What you said was there's the fear that people will maybe be afraid of God when he comes because he's so powerful and because he's undoing everything. But there's also the good part of that. Can you just what's the uh what's the good part of that that you see
1: part of that is that when he returns he's going to make everything new and good
0: yeah
1: keep all the evil
0: yeah that's that's good news when you see evil everywhere to know that someone's going to come come and fix it
1: right yeah that reminds me right now what we live in so much everywhere that you look, you turn your life to something that's going
0: on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what comes to mind is that um, mountains themselves are... First of all, they're beautiful, right? Mountains are beautiful. And they're the product of the trembling earth, aren't they? That the earth, you know, the plates come together and they push and they grind and their friction pushes the mountains up and creates mountains out of the, the trembling earth, you know, the friction. And a lot of the mountain ranges are on um, fault lines, you know, where, where there's lava and um, where the plates are grinding together. Um, you know, like you take the Himalayas, for example. Um, mountains are good things. They're beautiful to look at and they're good. They're part of God's creation, but they come from a lot of trembling and shaking and rubbing and friction—things um, that you wouldn't necessarily think were good—but it's making something beautiful. It's like a sculpture God made, or like the potter. You know, down down below, um, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Um, the fact that God is shaping God's people, just like God shapes the mountains. Uh, We tremble and quake underneath his, you know, the pressure of his hand, but we know that he's making something beautiful out of us. And so we have patience for it. Um, Which is uh, that verse four says, um, uh, No eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. So I just have this image of us, you know, God's people waiting patiently as God transforms creation and transforms them, um, even as they they shake and quake and maybe have a little bit of fear about God, you know, you know, working in that way, but knowing that God is doing something good.
1: Question that I have always had that on the back of my mind and it came up right here, like nobody ever sees God. You always show up in the cloud with fire. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, how they react when he show up on the of them before.
0: How did, how did the people react when yes. God showed up before? Uh-huh. Yeah. How how have you seen God? Do you have a sense of how God's people react when God shows up?
1: I think it was just kind of... I feel like it was like a biggest storm and people just...
0: Yeah, I mean, in in Scripture, when we see God come down, um, the most common thing that God says is, don't be afraid, you know, Um, because people are so terrified at his presence. Um, And, you know, the full presence of God, God's face is something that, God's people are not permitted to see because they die because of His holiness. So, yeah, I think God's people in the past have responded to God's presence with fear and with trembling, and um, and uh, I think we we ought to have that same kind of fear and trembling about the work of God um, and the power of God to be able to shape and form anything into His desires. Was that kind of your question? What, what, how God's people reacted in the past to him coming down? Yes. Yeah. Well, this is a great passage to start off our season of Advent. Just this Isaiah is asking and pleading that God would come, come back. And even though he's talking about, um, he doesn't know Jesus, you know, Isaiah doesn't know Jesus as a person, but, um, we can still use his words to ask Jesus to come down, to tear open the heavens, you know, um, and to come down and to shape and reform creation. Um, even though it's something that's fearsome, it's something that we, we um, are called to, to pray for. So with that, everyone, go in peace. And we'll be back with you tomorrow morning for our second reading of the week. Let's see what we got tomorrow morning. It's going to be Psalm 80. So we will be back with you then. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon
1: you and give you his peace.